Welcome to the Business Results Program. This is how to transform yourself, your team, and your company to perform better and achieve higher results. Let's get started. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Pete Winarski, and I'm the CEO of Win Enterprises LLC. Check out CompleteBusinessTransformation.com and look at the latest posts and resources we put there to serve you. I started this program because I want you to know that it doesn't have to be that hard. Business leaders like you struggle to get results, to build your team, to satisfy customers, to grow your businesses, and to stay sane in the middle of these crazy dynamics going on around you. My team and I have had full careers in business leadership roles, and we get it. We've had the same challenges as you, and we can share what we've learned, and we can make your life easier. In this program, I will be joined by various members of our team and other guests that I know can help you. We will offer new perspectives and share some of the secrets that you're just not hearing about anywhere else. The Business Results Program is your personal journey to improve yourself as you improve your company and achieve your most important goals and deliver the business results that make you and your team happy. Now, let's get to today's episode. Pete here. Today's episode is a special edition where we take one of our recent Facebook Lives and repurpose it to share it here. You can catch these live when they originally air at facebook.com slash Pete Winarski page. And also know that we might decide to put this here on Business Results Radio for you as well. Here we go. Hey, how's it going? Pete Winarski here. I'm excited that it's Friday. I'm excited to be here with you. And I want to start by giving you somewhat of an update and a question. So the, the question is, how are you doing with your one week challenge of no complaining, right? So go back and watch Wednesday's Facebook live recording. We talked about you know, just taking control, if you will, of your own perspectives and choosing something more optimistic, making optimism contagious. And what's a better response in the different situations that come up that's thrown at you? You know, is it woe is me or is it how can I help? Right. So that's a recap. And I suggested a seven day challenge between last Wednesday, two days ago, to next Wednesday, and doing a seven-day no complaining challenge. So how are you doing with that? Post, put your comments in. I'm very interested to hear uh, and see your your comments. So direct message me or um, put comments in in the post. Let's, Let's have an open discussion about this. For me, I'm already noticing an internal shift. I don't know how much I was really complaining, right? Because it's it's kind of an invisible thing. You know, the other people around you might hear you complaining, but you know, they might even become numb to it as people pile on to the complaint uh, train, if you will. So that's that's what this is about. It's building your awareness so that you can then say, yeah, you know what? I'm okay. 
I'm going to take more personal responsibility and I'm not going to bitch and moan and complain about other people or situations. And I'm just going to say, given where we are now, I'm moving forward. And so there's been a little bit of a shift for me the last couple of days because I'm just smiling and saying, I'm accepting things. And then let's build on given how this is, is the way it is. What do we need to do? So given how this is the way it is, what can we do differently or better and make adjustments? So now today's conversation is about problem solving. And, uh, you know, I want to get into this a little bit. Um, you know, in order to solve a problem, you need to understand the problem well, right? If you look at Six Sigma, there's the DMAIC process, D-M-A-I-C, where you define the problem is step one. Then you measure with data, right? DMA, then you analyze the data. And then finally you make improvements and then control the, the environment and put controls in place to make sure that your improvements stick. So that's the Six Sigma thinking behind this. DMAIC, define the problem is step number one, right? You can't really go forward on, you know, you might not like the result, but if you don't understand the root causes to begin with, then you're kind of in trouble, right? So problem definition is so critical. When we do workshops around problem solving, we spend a fair amount of time talking about really understanding the problem in the first place, because you can't fix what you don't understand, right? You can moan about the results, which is complaining, Right? You can complain about the results, but that's, as we just talked about on Wednesday and in this idea of the seven-day no-complaint challenge, complaining is not adding any value. It's not changing anything fundamentally. So you've got to get into a problem-solving mode with a define-the-problem starting point. And then, of course, A, for analyze, you have to analyze the data that you're collecting so that you can really understand the problem deeper. You've got to define the problem and understand the problem through analysis. So from a DMAIC standpoint, DM, AIC, DM is what we're talking about today. Define the problem and then analyze it so that you can understand it better, right? I remember some... Um, Oh, and then you take the actions accordingly, right? So a story, you know, I remember way back early in my career, um, you know, the, there was a you know, team huddle, so to speak, and the VP of operations was asking, what's the progress on this? How's it going? What have you done to, to work it? What actions have you taken? How are we reducing? What are the results? And what's interesting is, you know, of course, one of the engineers is like, oh, yeah, here's what I've done. And... You looked at him and said, so what was the impact of that change? And why did you make that change in the first place? And it was like purely emotional based, right? And so he's like, okay, well, hold on. What does the data say? What does the data suggest you go and do? And so what was happening is when you look at data in a Pareto chart, right, you know, basically all the different causes ranked high bar to low bar. So he was working on a fairly low bar on the Pareto, which meant that he put a lot of effort into fixing a small thing, not a big thing. And therefore, you know, the question, well, what does the data say 
was actually a pretty legitimate one. It's like, hmm, that's not working very well. It didn't give me the impact I thought. Well, that's because you didn't really let the data do the talking, let the data guide you, let the, you know, think scientific method, let the, you have a hypothesis and then you check it with data and then you make a change and you see how the data changes and is it getting better or not better. And we talk about the plan, do, check, act cycle, the Deming wheel, which he, of course, Dr. Deming attributes to Dr. Schuert, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody loves each other, right? Everybody's loving each other's uh, contributions. But nonetheless, you know, in the plan stage, you're planning out the change that you want to make by understanding the problem. So you have to define the problem and look at the data. And then you have a hypothesis that says, if we change this, then we expect these results to happen. So that's all in the planning stage. And then of course, do you execute the plan? You've created a plan and now you execute the plan. And then you check in the check step, you check the results. How did it work? Did we get the results we expected? Did we not? Did it work? Did it not? And that's not the end of it, right? And you're doing this with data, not emotion. You're, you're, like this is a database, scientific thinking, scientific method analogy. You got to think like a scientist when you're solving a problem, right? Not uh, a frantic. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know what to do, right? So scientific method: plan, do, check, and then act. So based on what we learned, what do we do next? And so if it didn't work, why? What did we learn, and what can we? now do differently and you plan the next cycle plan to check out plan to check out and you keep turning the wheel right so that's how that works and there's data involved um, you know just on the emotional front you know the idea of if there's a really big hairy problem are you sticking your head in the sand and ignoring it you know so I've got this <laughs> grab this online here's the uh, the head in the sand the old ostrich now Interestingly, the ostrich gets a bad rap. I actually looked up when I was when I was looking for a picture of the head in the sand, and the ostrich actually is sticking its head in the sand to turn the eggs. This is the mama taking care of the babies. So how interesting is that? So we have this this phrase of you know person is sticking their head in the sand, meaning that they ignore the problem or ignore the facts and go running down a path, facts be damned, right? Um, you know, someone said famously, nobody's gonna let the facts get in the way of a good story, right? Um, you know, here's the story I wanna tell, but let's, let's not let the facts get in the way of me telling the story that I wanna tell. So that's kind of a stick your head in the sand environment. But ostrich aside, you know, the ostrich is actually there because they're taking care of the baby. And the ostrich apparently has stellar eyesight, so can see trouble coming. So when trouble's coming, they don't stick their head in the sand. They see it, and they see it well in advance, and they prepare for what to do about it. So they may protect the eggs, protect the babies. If, um, if something's coming at them and they need to go, they can run like 70 miles an hour. That's a big, ugly bird with a big, long neck running really fast, right? So, um, you know, when trouble's really coming, they can outrun a lot of animals, you know, that are coming to get them. So pretty interesting sidebar about the ostrich. Anyway, back to, um, you know, I want to share a big picture problem 
here that's going on uh, presently. You know, here we are. I just saw this graph this morning, and look at trying to position it in the camera there. So that's the USA versus a few other um, very uh, comparable countries. You got the EU, so that's more of a region, obviously. Canada and Australia, and everyone's doing pretty darn well with the COVID virus, except us, except the US. This is data. This is part of the problem. And I want to just tie this back to what I shared the other day. Now, I, I didn't have this graph printed the other day, but uh, here's the, the that um, rt.now, I think that was the site. And I'm going from memory. I should have looked it up right before I did this. But um, you know, anything below this line is is good. Anything above this line is bad. So this only this many states, this many, looks like about a third or less, less than a third of the states have RT numbers um, that are in an acceptable range, meaning all those other states, it's growing, right? This is data. So use data to understand the problem. Scientific methods, scientific thinking. You know, if, if we were in a production facility or a company that was making something and we were getting defects like this, right? Think of you know, all, all of those in the red, these are like bad product. We would be putting countermeasures in place. You know, countermeasures, we talk about three types of countermeasures. Countermeasure type number one is you gotta like like we use the analogy of the little dutch boy right so the little dutch boy remember the story there's there's the dike or the dam um, the wall and there's water behind the wall and there's a crack in the wall and it's starting to leak and the little dutch boy goes over he puts his finger in the wall and that finger in the wall stops the flow of water and saves the town well that's a level one countermeasure because a level one countermeasure is not a permanent solution. Because if that little Dutch boy gets tired and decides, I'm gonna go home and go to sleep, he pulls his finger out of the wall and <laughs> the water starts flowing. That's a problem. And that's, so it's not sustainable. So a level two might be, well, let's, you know, jam something a little bit more permanent in the hole. Let's put some concrete in there and get it to set. And maybe we have to stand there, you know, holding, the uh, the concrete while it sets in the hole, but after a couple hours, the Dutch boy can go home and he can get some sleep because we put something a little bit more permanent in there. But that's still addressing the problem, not the root cause, right? So it's better than somebody's finger, which was the quick, 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 stop it. What do we do? You put the finger in the hole and the town is safe. Secondly, jam it with something so that you don't have to stand there and do it. But the better solution is, why did the wall crack in the first place? And let's address that. How do we fix it so that it's not a systemic thing and we're not going to get a second crack and a second hole right next to it, right? Let's solve the bigger problem, right? From a root cause problem solving standpoint, you've got to understand the problem to find the problem use data to understand it, and then use the scientific method, PDCA or DMAIC, define, measure, uh, analyze, DMAIC, improve and control, right? So 
got to do all of those parts in order to actually stop the wall from flooding on you. So with that in mind, right, think about your situation. Think about your, um, you know, your company. What results are you getting? Where are you falling short? What are you not happy with? Think about your, your personal situation. You know, what are you, what results are you getting? What are you not happy with? What continuous improvement method can you apply starting with the problem? Identify and define the problem. You know, obviously you look at the, you look at the COVID stuff here. You know, there's, there's plenty of data out there that suggests some of the actions. Think like a scientist. I'm going to let you figure this one out. You know, get the emotions out of it. Get politics out of it. Think like, like, let's say this is your department. You're the boss of this area and you have to solve this. What are the countermeasures you would put in place? How would you solve the problem to get a better result? With that, no complaining allowed for the next week. Let's see if it changes you from the inside out and, and has really positive uh, impact to the people around you. And I'm happy for Friday. Looking forward to seeing you Monday at noon Eastern. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Results Radio. Remember to share this episode on social media or directly with people you think would benefit from it. And if you are willing, subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star rating. Go ahead and do that now while you're thinking of it. I also want to invite you to visit businessresultsradio.com. And if you want to learn more about the Wind Enterprises team or about the business consulting and mentoring services we provide, visit completebusinesstransformation.com. Thanks a bunch, and we will catch you again soon.